Welcome to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. Let's first begin with introductions of our inspiring educators. Inspiring educators, introduce yourselves. Hi, everybody. It's Lila, the Educator Motivator, coming to you from Los Angeles. You can find me on Twitter at Miss Lila Nor at M S L A I L A N U R. I am currently the CPM Regional Coordinator for LAUSD. I'm also now an instructional coach for Manual Arts Senior High School in Los Angeles. I'm a Desmos Fellow, a couple of other things, um, not important right now. But we always like to start off with what we're grateful for because we really want to focus on the good things that are happening and things that are helping us grow and morph into better educators to be able to also help you and give you all information and things that are going to help you all as well as to become better educators for the future. And this week, I'm grateful for this new audiobook I've been listening to. It's called How to Talk to Anyone, 92 Little Tricks for Big Success in Relationships. And for me, I don't know if you've ever met me, <laughs> you might realize I'm, 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 I'm social, but I don't really know how to hold a conversation. And I don't know how to continuously engage with something that doesn't have a already predetermined topic. And so I'm really trying to do some kind of self-PD, if you will, with my, myself, obviously, and uh, learn how to have conversations with people and engage with people, no matter who they are, or if I know them or not, or we have a long-standing relationships or, you know, whatever the context may be. I want to learn how to do that with fidelity so that I have that in my bag, you know, in terms of being able to engage with people from a variety of backgrounds. Good stuff, good stuff. This is Dr. Christopher J. Childs, academic rock star, your favorite teacher, favorite teacher. You can find me on social media at DRK Childs, at DRK Childs. I'm currently a mathematics specialist hoping to change the world through using mathematics. This week, I am grateful for peace of mind, peace of mind. Sometimes we, you have to just relax and get away from all of what we do, the hustle and bustle. And on the episodes, a lot of them, we talk about self-care. And I'm just grateful for peace of mind and just stepping away from this life because it, sometimes it's like a rat in a wheel. And I'm just grateful for taking time to rejuvenate, relax, and just have fun and enjoy life outside of work, 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 work. So I encourage you all, relax. Yeah, I stay relaxed. <laughs> and dealing with this episode's topic of classroom management 101, you probably need to rest and relax because classroom <laughs> management is an art. It is an art. It is a skill. It's tough to teach when your students aren't listening. That's why great classroom management is key to any successful classroom. Think of it as a foundation. Not really that exciting. It's not most one of the fun pieces. You know, foundations are not fun. Like, even when you think about a house, the foundation is, like, not the cool thing to see being poured and built, but it's extremely important. So if you're struggling with classroom management or if you're the best with classroom management, Lila and I are going to discuss, I guess, some lessons learned, some strategies, the good, bad, and ugly, because it does get ugly in classroom management some days. Yep, I said it. I said it out loud. Lila. Jump into, give us a little bit about classroom management. I feel like I have a unique experience because, well, A, I, I think about in order to have really good classroom management, you have a set of procedures and expectations off the, off the top, right? So for my class, it's always been 
seven different things you know when you walk in the door for you to do. So there's really no time in that first 10, 15 minutes for you to not be doing anything, right? You know, even in the midst of, you know, problem solving, doing work, collaborate, whatever the case may be, you know, there's always something to engage in, right? Um, but then also, this might be unique to me personally. It, it, it probably is, and, and it'll probably be some other uh, Black women who can attest to this, but I feel like I give off this Black mama vibe where <laughs> a lot of my classroom management comes from my sternness mixed with my humor. So I can be really stern and sometimes more than stern, but my students laugh at me, but still do it. I don't, I can't really describe it to you. It's going to be unique to me. I've been told I'm the nicest, meanest teacher they know, you know, or I'm the meanest, nicest teacher, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've been told I'm like a combination of the both, like, and mean, I guess, eh, I don't know, whatever, but I feel like I have this, this sternness within me that says, you know, we can laugh and we can kiki and we can giggle. But at the same time, like when I say, let's get it, we're going to get it, period. Like there's no discussion. There's no arguments. We're going. I can, I can imagine Lila, as you think about the, uh, the teacher, and just imagine Lila a little bit older. Baby, if you don't sit down, I'm going to get my stick out and I'm going to give you a pop pop, baby. Listen, <laughs> I ain't even gonna hold you up. Like, I, I don't know. And again, it's my relationships with students. Like, I can tell students will come to me with foolishness when I've developed a relationship. And I could literally be like, hey, Karen, get away from me. Karen, get away from me. And they know I don't literally mean like, ew, get away from me. Like, I don't wanna deal with you. But they do know I mean, get away from me. You're being foolish. <laughs> like, have a seat and get back to what you're doing. And that's kind of like, I don't know, my classroom management style is, is really unique to my personality. So, but that's. Things, if you're able to say, Karen, get away from me, and she doesn't take it the wrong way, it's because you respect your students. You got to know your students in the beginning. When yeah. you get to know your students, you can say and do things differently. And to the point, I don't know about you, I've had the experience where parents have been like, I don't know what you do to him doing school, but he, he is like, in school, I don't have any problems. At home, they're a different, different person. Mm-hmm. But for me, my students know I was not, the, I could be your best friend. We can laugh, we can kiki, we can joke. But I do not, I did not play the radio regardless. When it came to the time block for teaching, I don't play the radio. I, I'm your best friend. You know, I love you. I, I literally go fight for you. But in the same respect, I'm about business. Education is a serious business. Yeah. What are some things, Lila, strategies that you use to keep kids, keep keep your class in control? Because some of our listeners are like, man, that sounds good. But if I told Karen that she'll go report me or break down. Or, I don't know. <laughs> what, what are some of your strategies other than respecting your students? What, like, what are like, if you have two strategies, I'm picking random numbers, two, two go-to strategies to keep your class in control or to keep yourself in control. What's your two go-to strategies? Um, timers. Timers are my best friend. You gotta, so you I'm got to explain the timers. I, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm breaking the class up. So it's not just a, here's the entire 60 minutes. We're going to do X amount of work. Go for it for 60 is where I'm using timer strategically to break the class up into segments where I can say, 
okay, we're moving and then we have a break and then we're moving and we have a break. So it gives kids that like that mental break that they're going to search. Because if you don't give it, they're going to search for that break on their own. And they're going to take it in whatever form they want to take it. And it's going to look however they want to look, whatever they want it to look. So when I set those timers and I create those spaces to either just say, here, you're not talking anymore. Or I'm not talking anymore. Or, we're just transitioning. We have those moments to say, okay, we're, we're getting that, 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 that space to be able to not lose our minds. So timers would definitely be one. Um, and then I, would, I think I, I definitely do a lot of qu- asking questions. And what I mean by that, and I clearly like, I mean a lot of different things, but what I personally mean is I ask a lot of questions about what's happening when I see things that don't look right. Right. So if I see that, you know, um, you know, Aaron is, is doing whatever, you know, doesn't seem to be participating, you know, I'm starting to ask questions. Um, and I'm doing that no matter what as a facilitator in my classroom, but now I'm looking at things that don't look right. And I'm thinking about how I can go in with a set of predetermined or, you know, laid out questions to say, hey, I want to know how to get you where you need to be because right now you're not there. So I got timers and questions. Some of the two things I like to use a voice. What I mean, typically I have my teacher voice and what I start doing, if they get out of control or too talkative, I just start talking real soft. Mm-hmm. And I get softer and I'm just talking and teaching. And then you hear, I can't hear you. I'm like, you all are too loud. Then you start hearing the proverbial, hey, y'all got to be quiet or shut up. Mm-hmm. For me, I even do that when working with adult learners because teachers and adults that I work with love to talk. So in a, in a workshop, I'm talking loud, but I'm not going to kill my voice. I just start whispering, hey, we're talking about discourse in the class. We can't hear you in the back. I, I can hear it. Everyone's too loud. You got to. Sh- and people just naturally calm down because what happens, the louder you get, the louder the room gets and it gets louder and louder. So you got yep. to bring it down. You got to bring it down. Also, I use proximity. And what I mean by proximity, when students have been disruptive or too talkative, even ad- I say adults too. I work with a lot of adults nowadays. And they distribute, they exhibit the same behaviors as working, working with kids in regards to proximity. I walk over near you, put my hand on your shoulder. And that's an indicator like, a, I'm talking too much or I'm not paying attention. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of different things and my timer just went off. So it's similar to using a timer like Lila <laughs> But voice and proximity have been very helpful for me with classroom management. Also, I'm going to implore teachers, stick to your rules. If you have like a three-step or four-step rule, like I'm going to call home, send the kid out, stick to your rules because if you don't, and you're biased, students will call that crap out real quick. So what are your thoughts on sticking to the rules, Lila? Definitely stick to mine. It's, it's, not, um, it's, it's not something that I'm lenient with or flexible about. It's if this is my expectation, my expectation from day one, it applies to everybody. There are no exceptions whatsoever. I mean, and, and I want to just go back to the proximity piece because I just, in the workshop, I was just said, you know, again, teachers, all teachers are going to, you know, teachers are some of the most difficult students, just to be clear. And, you know, you have that group that's just kicking while you're trying to, you know, talk and everybody else is trying to listen. And, you know, you just walk over in the area. I, even what Chris said, putting the hand on the shoulder, I don't even do that. I literally just walk in the area and I just get real close. And they go, wow, this is uncomfortable for me. Like she's standing really close to me. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, in, in terms of those, those rules and those expectations, I definitely stick to them. They don't, I don't bend. Um, there are times when my expectations in terms of, you know, there, there are definitely the non-negotiable rules. Then I also sometimes have a subset of rules for other things that sometimes do change depending on the way my students are interacting with them. Meaning like, you know, you're, you're still rewarding good behavior. So for instance, I may have the expectation that I'm always choosing groups. It's me. I do it. I'm strategic about it. I got to make sure I put this student with somebody that's like this or like that. By a certain time in the year, sometimes I say, you know what, make your own groups. You know, just be considerate, be strategic. You really think about what you're doing here. I mean, one year I did it and I didn't think it was going to go well. I let my students make whatever size groups they wanted to. And I had a group of 10 in my room somewhere. And it turned out to be the most productive. And I would have never guessed, but, you know, I definitely have my non-negotiable rules that are going to be my expectations no matter what. And, you know, uh, I make sure that they're laid out more than likely in my syllabus or somewhere in my room so nobody can question whether or not I just made it up on the spot because, you know, parents, students, everybody else likes to do that to question your authority or what you said or what you didn't say. Um, But I definitely have those things already laid out and mapped out in the very beginning. So there is no question as to where I stand. And with that, I like how you mentioned that positive reinforcement. I think that's, that's good. For me, I have a model. I got this from Roland Martin. He says, if you're doing good, I'm going to talk about you. If you're doing bad, I'm going to talk about you. Regardless, I'm going to talk about you. I tell my students the same thing. If you're doing good, displaying positive behaviors, I'm going to talk about you in a positive way. If you're displaying negative behaviors, I'm going to talk about you. So regardless, (laughs) I'm going to give you that attention. It's just how is that attention going to come to you? As we think about how that attention is going to come to you, we want to give our listeners four strategies, four strategies for classroom management strategies to help them out along the way. Number one, Build connections daily. Every single day, you should be learning something new about your students and developing their relationship. Their relationships are key. And you can, and don't go off of what other people have told you about the students. Authentically get to know the student for yourself. A student can act up with one teacher and be the angel in your class. But you have to build that relationship and focus on the daily. Number two, and I mentioned this earlier in the episode, use consistent routines and procedures you want to be consistent with what you're doing number three respond quickly to misbehavior don't let it if you let misbehavior go on and you're not consistent it's just going to get worse and exacerbate so quick i nip stuff in the bud quick if one of my rules is hypothetically you can't shoot baskets with paper i stop if you do it the first time i stop you i don't wait for the second time so immediately address misbehavior the fourth rule and the most important, in my opinion, is to teach problem-solving skills. When you teach problem-solving skills, a lot of things take care of themselves because ultimately we're trying to develop our students to become problem-solvers. As we think about these classroom management skill strategies, feel free to share with us what works for you, what doesn't work for you, some of your thoughts. Lila, any final thoughts in regards to classroom management? Man, uh, it's it's definitely at the the foundation, but I agree with one of those points um, that Chris made. Is it all starts with the relationships? Again, I've I've been able to deal with some of the most difficult students on campus because of my general energy and my relationship building. Where everybody else says, 
oh, uh, Alice, she cusses everybody out. She flipped tables over. She'll say this and that. And Alice walk right in my room and be like, hey, Miss Nur, how you doing today, girl? I like your hair. And <laughs> sits down. She may or may not do anything. But me and Alice got a good relationship where we understand it's respect, period. Right? Nothing less <laughs> um, any day of the week. So start with those relationships and build that respect. And that was big with me. It was about that mutual respect. And I used to tell my students, it's nothing personal. It's all strict. It's business. So we can have fun, et cetera, et cetera. And even if they did not work, you're going to respect me. And that's the big one I encourage our teachers. Learn to respect your students. They're going to respect you in return. Naturally, students are going to be people pleasers. And they know real from the face. So just get to know your students. Respect them. Let them respect you. And just, as I said on the prior episode, roll with the punches. Because some kids have bad days. Understand they having a bad day doesn't make them a bad person and don't turn it into a bad year. You you have a bad day sometimes as teachers. With that being said and having bad days, sometimes we need a little bit of inspiration to keep us going along the way. This week's inspirational moment has been brought to you by none other than one of my favorite educators, Ms. Lila Noor. Aww. Um, you know, talking about our classroom management strategies, I think it's really important that we think about management strategies that are going to illuminate how we know how to manage our own time and really highlight our personality, right? So for me, I don't like to spend a lot of time outside of work doing certain things. So I think about strategies that are going to help me do that within the classroom. How do I do a lot of my grading during class, that doesn't mean that I'm not working with my students, right? But how am I doing it in the moment? How am I giving my formative assessments in the moment instead of having to go and take a bunch of papers home? After my second year, I cut out notebook checks. I cut out taking homework home. I cut out all of that. I've not done any of that for a few years because it's not my style. So I think about those uh, management strategies within the classroom that help students with those procedures. No, this is how Ms. Nurt operates. She's going to do all these things in this classroom. Um, because that's when we do it, right? That's what our, our our situation looks like in this classroom. And that also highlight my personality and give me the freedom to um, be me and move about and add something to the classroom that can't be, that they wouldn't be able to receive anywhere but my classroom. And it's not to say that nobody else can make my students laugh or nobody else can do, you know, X, Y, and Z, but I'm me. I'm my own unique person as an educator, and I have a very unique educational experience with my students that nobody else can replicate. And that should be true for every single other educator listening to this, that will listen to this, that isn't listening to this, that you tell about this. Everybody is going to be unique, right? And that's what you want your students to feel. You want them to be able to say, I remember that specific teacher and their unique style, their unique way of managing things, because it it all... Um, you know, it, it all worked around who they are as a person and their their individual educational beliefs. And I also like to think about every day is a new day. So what didn't work yesterday or what didn't, you know, happen to, uh, you know, fall through in one day, I actually think about, hey, the next day is a new day. Now, if something's not working <laughs> multiple weeks on end, I might want to think about how I can revamp it. However, Every day is a new day for me to um, continue being, you know, really, I don't want to say strict, but really thinking about how I'm going to enforce what I believe are the strategies that are going to make my classroom run effectively. And then finally, I'm never afraid 
to repair the harm in my class, right? In order to think about those management strategies, whether something's not working or something is working, sometimes I have to sit down in front of my students and say, hey, I'm sorry that this happened, or you know what, my bad. I thought this was working, or I thought I did this, or I thought this was going to be effective, and it wasn't. You know, maybe as a whole class, I mean, not might be with individual students. I'm never afraid to repair the harm and say, I'm sorry, I messed up, I didn't do this right. And I usually start with, especially those students, and, and I'm thinking when I say that, I think about the students I've had issues with over the years, right? It's been maybe 10 tops. And I have to always have the conversation. I walk up to them and say, like, hey, did I ever do something to you that maybe offended you or made you upset and I just didn't know about it? Like, you know, because some for some reason we seem to be having a disagreement. And, you know, again, that goes back to me saying those that questioning. I bring all that together. I'm not afraid to repair that harm. I'm not afraid to question and be wrong so that my classroom management strategies can be easier every single time, every single time, every single day when I'm coming back into the classroom, I end up in a new space where it feels like a blank slate, but it is kind of a blank slate, you know, in terms of me saying uh, I have a new opportunity to make things better. And I have a new opportunity to improve on everything that I've been trying so hard to do. So I think about taking strategies that are going to be best for my students, like Chris said, best for me. And when I put those two things together, what type of magic can I create based on my personality and the students that I have in front of me? Amazing, amazing, amazing. Take that, listen to it, rewind it back, listen to it again, listen to it again. Some inspirational words from the one and only Miss Lila Noor. This has been the Inspiring Educators Podcast. Don't worry, some of our listeners are asking us, where's Jadron? Where's Jadron? Jadron is busy on the grind opening a new school site but he will be back soon on future episodes. This has been the Inspire Educators Podcast. We owe you tea. Bye. We miss you, Jay. Man, I miss my dogs. <laughs> <laughs>